Well, good morning, and peace be with you, and thank you for setting your clocks back. That, that caught a uh, few people by surprise. Oh, yeah, well, that's, uh, I saw Richard from the other church this morning. He was here early with his guys, and uh, he goes, well, you're here early. I said, well, that's the thing. You know, you get to a certain age, you can't sleep in any ma- anymore. It doesn't matter if the clock's turned back or not. That biological clock wakes, you, wakes this guy up. So anyway, welcome. Uh, I would like for you to take a look at our, the bulletin and the announcements in there. And uh, is there something, Ashley, that is... I, you may notice in the pews that there isn't a pencil there, is there? In fact, there aren't any envelopes or anything else, are there? Okay. So, hi, Ron. <laughs> um, they're out on the, in the narthex right now. And um, what we've done is we were going through an exorbitant amount of um, envelopes and blue prayer cards, and, but they weren't showing up for prayer. And so we decided to move them, and they are out on the narthex. So if you would like an envelope or a prayer card or a pencil, they are back there on the table. So uh, thank you for that. Sit and be fit continues to be sitting and fitting. So you're uh, invited to come to that on Tuesdays. We have uh, launched a Lenten lunch study that happens on Wednesdays at lunch at noon, and we're going through a devotion. One of the things I want to challenge you today and every day is to take a moment, take a deep breath in. Now I want you to think, how much news do you watch on a daily basis. Don't have to say out loud. Is it five minutes? Is it an hour? Is it on in the background? Now I want you to think, how much time do you devote in Bible study? Is it a minute? Is it an hour? And so why am I doing that? I'm not trying to guilt anybody. It's not my job. But the old adage, we are what we eat. And if we are consuming news, has anyone heard any good news lately on the news? Makes you feel bad. It, 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 It takes control over your emotions and your countenance and takes your attention and so forth. But the Word of God does the exact same thing. And so if you're in the men's study on Saturday, you get an hour. Congratulations. We've got lots of opportunities to be in Bible study. If you are in the, on the Tuesday night Bible study via Zoom, congratulations. You're in the Word for an hour. And then Wednesdays for uh, soup and, and study, we're doing that. I encourage you to get in and in, in, in balance your diet out. Maybe cut back uh, to half of what the news that you do and double the amount of Bible study you do. For the mathematicians out there, and I'm not seeing anybody, but double zero is still zero, so we got to go, you know. But I encourage you to do that. I am going to force myself to watch less news as well and be more in Bible study. Um, and so can we make a promise together that we'll, we'll do better this week? Amen? All right, lecture is over. Tim, will you get us going, please?
if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. And by your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 26, verses 8 through 15. This can be found on page 1217 in the Pew Bible. Jeremiah 26, 8 through 15. But as soon as Jeremiah finished telling all the people everything the Lord had commanded him to say, the priest, the prophets, and all the people seized him and said, you must die. Why do you prophesy in the Lord's name that this house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate and deserted? And all the people crowded around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard about these things, they went up from the royal palace to the house of the Lord and took their places at the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priest and the prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man should be sentenced to death because he has prophesied against this city. You have heard it with your own ears. Then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things that you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. 
Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. We will read Psalm 4 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? Selah. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say who will show us any good. Lord, lift up your light of your countenance upon us. You have put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. The next reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 17 through chapter 4, verse 1. This can be found on page 1829 in the Pew Bible. Philippians 3, 17 through 4, verse 1. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. Our Gospel this morning is Luke 13, 31 through 35, and can be found on page 1621 in the Pew Bible. Luke records, At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox that I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and 
stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. Near the end of chapter 9, in the gospel according to Luke, we hear these words in Luke 9.51. It said, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. In other translations I've heard, he resolutely turned towards Jerusalem. And this is a beautiful way to tell us that once the time for Jesus' crucifixion drew near, there was nothing that could stop him from going to Jerusalem in order to die on the cross. And that everything in the gospel according to Luke between these words, everything between these words and the entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday happens as Jesus journeyed to Jerusalem. This last journey before the cross was a, like a, a sort of a farewell tour. Jesus stopped in various towns and villages so that he could teach and heal and so forth. Nevertheless, at the end of each day, Jesus was a little bit closer to Jerusalem and that old rugged cross. And today's gospel informs us that a delegation, a delegation of scribes, uh, you remember who the scribes were, this delegation of scribes interrupted Jesus' journey. And it's weird because they seem to be concerned about Jesus' safety. Did you catch that? Scribes are worried about his safety. And they tell Jesus that Herod is out to kill him. And so just so you know, there's a lot of Herods, but this is Herod, the, uh, he, he's the son of the Herod that had ordered the death of the baby boys in Bethlehem. Remember that account? So um, the Herods were, were bad dudes. The only thing is this, is that Herod was not out to kill Jesus at all. In fact, later on, we read that Pontius Pilate sent Jesus to Herod in Luke um, 33, no, excuse me, 23.8, when Herod saw Jesus, when Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him. He wanted to see Jesus because he had heard about him and he was hoping to see some sign, some wonder, some miracle done by Jesus. Herod didn't want to kill him. Herod was looking for Jesus not to kill him but to see Jesus perform a miracle. He wanted a magic show. The Pharisees had lied about Herod. And it is almost as Jesus called the Pharisees bluff. And they said, hey, don't go there. He said, tell you what, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day. 
and I finish my course. And even so, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. It's almost as if Jesus was saying, Herod knows where to find me. Tell him to bring it on. <laughs> Emphasis mine. He wasn't, Jesus knew what they were up to. This also shows that Jesus understood the true nature of his death. Now, the Bible teaches that Jesus perfectly fulfilled the offices of prophet, of priest, and of king. And today's gospel focuses on the office of prophet. And the office of prophet has, has two parts. The first is teaching and healing, and the second is rejection. And Jesus spoke of both, teaching, healing, and rejection. He spoke of casting out demons and curing. And then he spoke of his death, his rejection in Jerusalem. And the mention of Jerusalem brought on a profound lament. Jesus, well, he continued to say, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, his heart was breaking in my opinion. He says, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken. And I tell you, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jerusalem was the religious center of the world. It was the place where the one and only true God had placed his name. It was the place where God chose to dwell with men. The altar and the temple were there in Jerusalem, and it should have been the safest place for prophets on the entire planet. And the truth is that the sin of its inhabitants was so great that it was the place that killed the prophets. It was the one place on this planet where no true prophet was safe. And today's Old Testament reading gives a primary example of this violence to the prophets in the ministry of Jeremiah that Ashley read. Notice that the people were not interested in the truth of Jeremiah's words. They condemned Jeremiah because they didn't like the message he brought from God, the people. The people refused to believe that Jeremiah's message was from God. Not because it wasn't true, but because it was something they didn't want to hear. Huh, that's strange. And God still sends his servants today. He trains them in his word, and then he sends them out just as Jesus said in the last chapter of Luke, in Luke 24, 45 through 47. He said, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, thus as it is written, that the Christ should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning first with Jerusalem. These are the instructions that Jesus gives to his servants. And these instructions are proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Christ's name. You would think that those who claim to be Christians would hear Christ's instructions and say, well, that's what Jesus says, so that's what we should do. But when a pastor says, I need to follow Jesus' instructions and make sure that every one of my sermons tells people they need to repent and receive forgiveness, you would expect his congregation to say, preach it, brother. 
And when a pastor says our hymns should proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins, just as Jesus said, the congregation should respond with amen. So why is it then that in some churches, angry members come to pastors and say, we don't care that Jesus said proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins. You need to move on to another topic. We don't care that this song doesn't talk about repentance or forgiveness or Jesus or any other biblical topic. I like it. It's on the radio. I want to hear it. So in effect, those people are saying, just because you are a called and ordained servant of Christ, that doesn't mean that you always have to do what Jesus said. Nothing has changed from today to yesteryear. The people who claim to belong to God still hate it when God's messengers give God's message to them. Now, I know that I don't like it when the Bible tells me that I sin all of the time, that I deserve a miserable life followed by an eternity in hell. I don't like it when the Bible tells me that I am doomed forever. No, I I don't like it even a little bit. But that is what the Bible says. And the Bible is God's word. So it is the truth. And I suspect you don't like to hear that either. Regardless, that is what the Bible says about us. And understanding that is the very first step to our salvation. You see, God has a very peculiar talent. He is able to take the worst that we can do and then convert it into something wonderful. The people of Jerusalem had an absolutely horrible tradition of killing prophets. But God used that horrible tradition to work something wonderful. The people of Jerusalem followed the ancient tradition of prophet killing and arranged to nail Jesus to a cross. And Jesus died on that cross, but God did something wonderful with a horrible death By means of that death, he satisfied his just wrath against our sins. God transformed that murderous act of hatred into an act of love. God transformed that horrible act into an act that earned salvation for the entire world. And Jesus still wants to gather you. He wants to gather you into his embrace. Just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, he offers the ultimate gift of love that he earned for you on that cross. He offers adoption into his family as his brother or his sister. He offers salvation from the horrible punishment that you have earned for your sins. He offers eternal life in his presence. Prophets die in Jerusalem, and Jesus was no exception. He died in Jerusalem. He died for you, but Jesus did something that no prophet before him had ever done. He not only died, but then he rose. And he showed himself alive to hundreds of witnesses. He showed himself alive as sure proof 
that we can trust his promises, all of his promises. That we can trust his promises that even though we sin daily, he is there with his forgiveness. He is there to assure us that the day will come when he will raise us as well and take us to live in eternal bliss. What joy. Now there will always be times when we want to join Jesus in his lament. It is easy to be discouraged with low attendance at a divine service or the lack of interest in a Bible class or the lack of respect for the sacraments and a general apathy toward God's Word. There are times that we want to scream out, don't you people understand the priceless nature of God's gifts? Don't you understand that God wants to gather us together under his protection? And when we have these feelings, God reminds us that no one can make a Christian. It just can't happen. Who makes a Christian? The Holy Spirit does that. So instead, God asks his church to remain faithful to his word, to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sins, and to administer the sacraments according to Christ's command, and to teach all the things, all the things that Jesus taught us. And Jesus has warned us that the world will hate us for this. But he has promised that he will sustain his holy Christian church in the world, in this world, and in the next. And as Jesus taught in the Sermon of the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 11 through 12, he says this, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Would you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us in our salvation, he came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was... On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He is spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray to our Lord God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we gather this morning to praise your holy name out of obedience to your commandments and in love for your saving grace through your only Son, Jesus, and in reverence to your Holy Spirit who resides within us. Heavenly Father, we know that you have blessed our nation beyond any in the world. We thank you for protecting us against enemies, both foreign and domestic, as well as correcting our path as a people when we've gone astray over the past 250 years or so. Today, we're witnessing the destructive forces of evil all around us, the moment it occurs, and then constantly being repeated. We feel powerless to stop it any more than we can stop our own sins. The technology we have developed not only contributes to our destruction, but gives us a front row seat to the pain and suffering visited upon humankind. We are all to blame for this fallen world. We can't turn away from the terror around us and we lack the wisdom, power, and resolve to stand against Satan's forces. If we would only follow your commandments and the precepts you provided for our peaceful lives, but we can't even when we try. We know and trust that your love for us exceeds our constant sins against you, and we're thankful beyond words that you sacrificed your son for our eternal salvation. Though we are not worthy of rescue during our time on earth, we pray that because of your mercy, you would guide us to stand for what is right in your eyes and defeat those who bring war and destruction against peaceful nations. We pray for your mercy, Father. Almighty God, please help us protect our children from harm and to not repeat the mistakes of their elders. Help us teach young people about your love and saving grace and to recognize the lies and deception offered by the enemy of life. We pray, Holy Spirit, for those who serve to protect us from evil and harm in our country and the world especially our military members and police officers, as well as firefighters and medical professionals. We especially pray for the safety of the citizens of Ukraine and surrounding peaceful countries. Holy Father, we know that you have the power to remove evil leaders from power as you have done throughout human history. We plead for your mercy. 
We thank you for all the beauty that surrounds us. Please focus our eyes on your perfect creation and help us to see the good around us rather than focusing on the bad. Help us to be kind to one another and turn from hatred. Lord, we pray for healing for the sick, encouragement for the distraught and those in despair, and rescue for those who are lost in whatever way that they can't find their way. Help us to be compassionate and to lead them back to your path. Thank you, Lord, for providing friends who keep us positive during our lives in this difficult world. Church friends, family friends, school friends, all those who stand by us and with us and who seek good for our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this congregation of faithful in Christ, our Pastor Ken, and for Victory Outreach and their ministry to spread the gospel of Jesus throughout the community. Please help us all and keep us all from harm as we perform work in your Son's name. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit to live within us, for granting us our faith in you, and for constantly reminding us of our sins against God the Father, so that we may repent of them and return to an obedient and peaceful relationship with him. Thank you especially and always for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace, probably responsibly at a distance, waving is good. <clears throat> Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood 
shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious return. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrament of the altar is not merely a symbol. Amen? Jesus promises that he is with us when we come together in his name. He promises that he is in and on and above and side by side and throughout these elements. Jesus promises that this is a means of grace, a means of salvation, a means of rescue from sin, death, and the devil. We take him at his word when he says, this is my body. We take him at his word when he says, this is my blood. He is in and through all things. Amen? So if that's your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
God has the ability to turn horrible things into beautiful things. He has the ability to do that. He did that through a horrible, shameful death on the cross. He turned it into a beautiful salvation offer, gift that we share because we've been called by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you meditate on that at all times when things are going good and things are going bad. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
to the end.